Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, the weekend edition, technically episode 90. I am Nicole, and this is... Single White Medusa. And we're just having a great day. We are. Uh, we got. We did a lot of workouts today, and then someone did more workouts. Yeah, I did a normal good amount of a couple. No, three. And yeah. you, like three short ones. You know? I took it you as Guy Fieri says to Flavortown after that. Yeah, you did. I did. That was awesome. I did. I did a pretty sweaty hit workout with this little girl, and she whipped my booty. Yeah, like you said, it was like a hit workout yeah. on- online. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, oh, I'll do it with this girl, and. Uh, you know, it'll probably be a girl be workout. Too hard. <laughs> that is like the second or third time I've yeah. fallen for the let's do it with a little fitness girl and then no. just been smoked. There was the yeah. one time at the gym and you were doing, I forget what kind of class that was called. Um, I think that was body pump. It was usually body, body pump. pump. Yeah. That was like with weights. And, and but... I went in there and it was yeah. all women and, and so they all, and, and, and they all have like lightweights on their bars mm-hmm. and you're going to sort of do this rifle PT with, with a bar. But like tons of reps. Tons That's of the reps. Key. And yeah. so like a guy, I go over and get weights that I think I can handle. And the, the little fitness girl comes over and she's like, I know, she goes, I know you're a guy and all this kind of stuff, but you really should go a lower weight cause I'm just going to work yet. I'm like, and I listened, and even the lower weight had me crying. Yeah, it's like it's not hard at first, but it it becomes hard as you keep doing so many reps. She gave that like 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 Thanksgivings with with repeated Thanksgivings with family. The first one is like this is great, and you should walk away from that Thanksgiving. But when you're on the 23rd Thanksgiving of Aunt Pam's meatballs, you know, like it's a death march. Yeah. It's the Batan Thanksgiving death march. You should always do a different holiday don't try to repeat i love that like i used to be so um inspired or like i used to look through when um i got food magazines like bon appetit Mm -hmm. and gourmet and like the november issues um would always have like probably like five different thanksgiving menus and i was always like that's awesome like to me that seems fun is like making a different one every time i think that's really Awesome. So this year I have ordered turkeys because I think there will be a turkey shortage. So I ordered turkeys for the people that I love. That was really nice. It was really nice. And um, and I normally will say, like, I want my recipe from you, mm-hmm. which is your chipotle stuffing and thyme turkey. You could probably put that recipe later in the comments, like the link to it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe people could see, like, that's what Nick really likes and that's what he always asked for. But now that you've yeah. told that story, I'm going to throw down the javelin. I'm going to throw down the rifle. You should never throw your rifle down. Uh, I don't know what's the good metaphor. I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give myself a red card like in soccer. Is that a metaphor? You know what? I don't even and know say, soccer enough to let's, know what a red card is. I don't know is. soccer either. <laughs> I'd like to know it better. Would you? I think I would. Okay. Um look at this little thing. These little tiny, oh, little tiny hands and feet. <laughs> <laughs> like that is so cute. It's a little baby buried in there with just little tiny hands and, and a little feet. carrier, and you can only see these little itty bitty, extra small feet and hands poking out. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm gonna say one of your different recipes that you you would look at. We'll we'll do we'll do a different one for our jerky. That would be fun. Yeah. So I'm down don't with let that. me have my my way. Okay. Yeah. Let's do a different one. Yeah. If you have a great turkey recipe, throw it in there. But I challenge you, and I, and I think a little bit of this podcast today is going to be about me making the point that maybe it's time to do something different. Hmm. 
and what else would that apply to that you're thinking of? Well, let's talk about you. Okay. I'm not going to do something. I'm not going to get a different Nicole. A different Medusa. I would be so sad. But let's talk about how much you like difference. Mm -hmm. I love different. I love random. It's like my thing for some reason. I like um, trying, like, if we go to, like, a new restaurant and we like it, I kind of want to, like, every time we go, try something different until I've tried everything on the menu. Like, I just, I love trying different things. Um, Yeah, like, right now we're going to Mulan. And so we started off with the steak frites and the escargots. Then we moved on to the uh, veau de blancot, the veal blankets, whatever it is. <laughs> veal blanket. And uh, then we had the sh- uh, the poulet champagne. That was that was, that really was pretty. Good. That that, was our that, that impressed me. Our favorite main course. Yeah. yeah. And I figure we'll get something the bream probably next time. Mm, sea bream. <laughs> sea bream. Yeah. Um, so Bream I don't know, sounds like that... a product from like the '60s. Like, have you tried Bream? Yeah, because Bream, there... it's what your life is missing. Wasn't there like a product called Brill or something? I think Brill? there was, was Br- like there was Brillo, soap? and then oh, there was it's a like toothpaste a called Brill. Oh, okay. Maybe. It was supposed to, it was probably like short for brilliant. Oh, yeah. But I think it probably was absorbed in the toothpaste wars. Yeah. It's funny when you you don't really pay attention to products and they come and go. Like, where are Ding Dongs? They're probably out there. Like, where's the Chunky? And all these kinds of things. And then when you kind of do a little deep dive history research, you find out that, like, there were these major wars in the industry that no one knew about. You know, like, we all know the Coca-Cola war. The Cola wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems in every product, like, if you do enough research in history... You find out that they were like, well, those were the hostess snap cake wars, you know, and and that's when we came out with zingers and ding dongs and hello dollies and all these kinds of things. But only one victor emerged and it's like the one you don't want. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But isn't another aspect that's kind of like that sometimes that um, it's a little different, but like how uh, bigger corporations end up. They'll like buy up the smaller guy yeah, that's, that's kind of doing war. good, but then they'll probably end up kind of changing yeah. the stuff after a while. I think and... with the candy bars, what they did is a lot of the big corporations bought up the smaller candy makers and then quietly phased them out so there would be mm-hmm. no competition. And then there's sort of a retro candy market that yeah. came back. What I would do if I was going to get into confectionery, confectionery, um, and I was going to have like a little cute shop, and I was going to, I would make vintage redos, but deluxe gourmet versions of like like butterfingers and mm. mars bar and things like that but like like really cool like 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 if you went and got those things now they'd be horrible oh yeah. they'd be all waxy and over sweet and the nuts would be all moldy and yucky Ugh. but like back in the day like the mcdonald's hamburger back in the day was great if you got it now you'd probably die yeah, exactly. I know the last time we had McDonald's, you died. got sick enough where you felt like you were <laughs> I was die. sick as a dog. That was either swine flu or McDonald's. Or, I mean, the only other thing was like, because I had the McDonald's too and I didn't really get sick. And like the only thing that we could figure out that you had that I didn't have was like a random little package of trail mix that you got in a store. And I'm like, how would that have made you sick? Is that even possible? I have no idea. I don't know. I think so it was swine flu. That was a big flu. mystery. I still don't know how you got it and not me. That was weird. Well, it's like some people get COVID in the house and some people don't. That's true. Yeah. 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 Crazy. You think we got COVID early on. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that. And you don't have to go into detail, please. But <laughs> <laughs> but um, we think we had it in J- January of... Early uh, early January through all, through all of January. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people 
in Orange County where we live yeah. have kind of said that. And definitely, like, it was around here and there. Even we have big in, Chinese New Year celebrations yeah. here. Yeah. And so all the Chinese were being asked to not um, to flee Wuhan and not go internally, but to come and spread their infection across the world. Because that's what awesome people the CCP is. Yeah, exactly. And They're I'm glad, givers that way. I'm glad you specified the CCP because it's really that that's the problem, not like just the Chinese people in general. But yeah, right. CCP is yeah. garbage. I, well, I'm going to say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge that bet a okay. little bit. <laughs> I'm going to hedge that bet. Um, I would say, you know, to the the China, uh, the Chinese guy sitting in the booth having to listen to all the podcasts that mention the word China so that you guys can make a little list and <laughs> report on everybody and round us all up for the death camps. I would just say, like, right now, I am willing to lay the blame of China's jerkery, global jerkery, at the feet of the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm going to take you back to World War II, and I'm going to say there were Nazis and there were Germans, except one of the big problems is a lot of the Germans were complicit. Right. And I would say to the Chinese people, you could solve a lot of these global problems that are coming your way by getting rid of your CCP paymasters. And really, honestly, it just takes a bullet. Um, or you can get mollywhomped by the rest of the world, which is probably about to happen to you. China this morning um, decided they this is how frightened they are that things are not going their way. Um, they flew their hypersonic nuclear capable missile delivery system once around the earth in low orbit really to freak everybody out that was that was that was that's a very desperate move yeah. that's like the high school girl wearing her sluttiest skirt to school that day, you know, trying to like really put it out there. And I'm like, eh, you're not going to use a nuclear missile. Cause you know, that's the end of everything if you do. So for you to do that, it's a really like, Hey, whatever you do, don't attack us. Cause we could do this anywhere to you. And it's like, yeah, but you know, like, okay, just with the admitted capabilities of the United States, like we can already do that to you a bunch without having to go into the energy, um, specific requirements of high you know of orbit like we can already just like hit you with several different classes of bombers and intercontinental ballistic missiles which reach a kind of low low orbit and things like that like we can already do that and then there's the stuff that we don't acknowledge like project aurora which can do it's a it's a it's a it's a a plane that can do about six thousand miles an hour not kidding six thousand miles an hour which basically is new york to baghdad in 45 minutes Whoa. So, you know, we That's like crazy. and that was that was like 20 years ago, you know. So, wow. you know, and, I, and I'm pretty sure we've got the rods of God, too. I think we did use those on North Korea to deter them from from playing their nuclear test games. Um, so, you know, those those are the things to consider. But China's move today kind of felt a little desperate. Yeah. Here's a question from something that you just said. Um, the the low orbit thing that they were trying to show us that they can do or whatever would our missile defense shield thingy whatever i forgot what that's called would that um be able to knock that out theoretically well the reason the reason iron dome yes um the reason iron dome is the um is the product that the united states sells to a lot of nations Mm -hmm. and and like we have it around a lot of our cities if you look Mm -hmm. closely you'll you like 
people say like if you go to DC you can spot all the Iron Dome components and things like that. Really? My guess is it's around a lot of major cities, hmm. um, probably all over the Port of LA and things like that. Wow. You know, maybe not Orange County. You know, unless I do think I'm beginning to believe that Bill Clinton has a secret layer here because he keeps popping up. Um, like and, that and, he was in the hospital. Yeah, here. yeah, he was in the hospital. Yeah. He one time went into this bookstore in Newport Beach and stuff like that. So, and then and then and and then Barack, he has a secret lair out there in the desert. So it's kind of funny these guys who are who are all about like I keep hot sauce and folks and you know we got to make them pair their face share. It's amazing how they li- love to live among the upper white rich class when it comes down to it. Like. Like if they really meant all the things they 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 campaigned on about, you know, equality and poverty and diversity and things like that, you know, they would be Barack Obama would be living in Chicago. He mm-hmm. he has an obligatory place that he never visits there. In but, the fanciest neighborhood. Yeah, right? in the fanciest yeah. neighborhood. But he he's not on the south side. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going into Lou Malnati's for a pizza. Yeah. You know, and none of them do. None of them do. Mm-hmm. And they could. You know, like I'd love to see a president who. Who just said, you know, I'm going to stay a public figure and I'm going to work the Secret Service. But, you know, like and I think Trump does that, like, mm-hmm. you know, Trump, Trump stays out there and keeps doing things. But a lot of them, they just cash the check and, you know, they live in the most exclusive areas when, you know, they basically campaigned on coalitions of the poor and disenfranchised and promising them things that they never delivered on. And if you look at the history of the Democrat party, actually making the lives of those people much worse. Yeah. Just look at the homeless situation. Look at the drug situation. Look at the people of color, their economic Like Under Trump, they were making the most money they've ever made. Now, right back down. But don't worry, they'll all vote that way again. You know, and meanwhile, the people that did all those things, they live in Martha's Vineyard, you know, like right at the, right at the ocean level. While they tell you that climate change is the worst thing ever, and we're all going to be underwater. And like mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, I think it was like the Chicago Tribune or some Chicago news station said, uh, much of Southern California will soon be underwater due to climate change. And I'm like, really? Um, because that would be great because Balboa and Lido and a lot of Newport Beach and Laguna Beach are filled with climate change believing CEOs of some of the biggest corporations in the world including, I think, Bill Gates has a place down here. And I know Warren Buffett just sold his place, but that was probably to get a better place. But, like, all of those guys are at sea level, like mm-hmm. right down there on the water. Yeah. So if any of these corporations actually believe those things, those mansions on Linda Isle and Lido Isle and all the Smile Isle, those would be, like, fire sailing. Yeah. But they're not. Exactly. They've actually gone up. They're un- They're unattainable. Yeah. Like, literally, the property prices in there are, like, $32 million, $45 million, $68 million. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully, um, African Americans are are maybe starting to realize that, for example, like okay, they're doing the best they ever were under Trump, and they're making a lot of money, like working and having good jobs and stuff. Okay, that's great. Then you know, Joe Biden comes back in, and it's back to like, hey, we'll just pay you to stay home or whatever. But here's an interesting thing: um, we know, at least last we knew that they are the largest ethnic group that is resisting the vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. So now they should be seeing, oh, there's strings attached. Like, oh, when we take the free ride from the government, we have to do what they say. Well, now we're seeing we don't want to do what they're saying. And so hopefully maybe they'll kind of wake I, I'm gonna, up. Again, I'm just going to reserve judgment and say the same thing that I would say to the Chinese in China. 
and to the Germans in 1942. Like, hey, a good German? Yeah, sure. Uh, good Chinese people? Great. Let's see what you do. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I do think that a lot of the African-American population, not a lot, not like not a majority, but enough that Trump could have won, I do think that they did shift. Yes. Um, yeah. The problem is, is you have the... Um, the, the sort of like super crooked inner cities where I mean they just stole their own people's votes like mm-hmm. and you know those people are like we're sticking it to Whitey and it's like actually you're sticking it to your own people yeah because like let's just say it's not even about the issues um, you're actually stealing their votes you right. know and and yeah. it, it's just weird like it's weird how they think of black people and they say Like what Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, then you're not black. I mean, like, you could literally go back to the antebellum South and you would see plantation owners saying that of their slaves, Mm -hmm. saying, like, I will tell you how to vote. Yeah. You know, and it's just and, and it I think there is a rebellion in black culture, but their strongest way of being free of the imprisonment of the Democratic Party is to have, um, I think, a reformation in voting, which I think is what Trump is leading. The, I mean, we all need that. Mm-hmm. But that's going to prevent them from these huge sort of Marxist activist grifters, you know, like summed up in the person of Al Sharpton. Oh, my gosh. You know, just who who have a machine, an inner city machine. They're running a, a small, a sort of like pretty organized mafia. And they're just looting and stealing everybody's votes and just knowing that these people are going to continue to live in poverty, be disenfranchised, have carrots dangled in front of them instead of real meaningful change to actually have, you know, a life. I'm not even going to say like a good life because I don't think as a politician you should promise anybody a good life. I think you should promise them the opportunity to do what they want with their life or at the minimum to say, I'm here to fight for the freedom for you to do whatever you want. Yeah. But not this, like, if you vote for me, your life's going to improve. You, you're you taking way too much responsibility. Yeah. That's the, the only way that anyone's life ever improves is if they get in on it, put some skin in the game and improve it. What a politician can do for you is create an atmosphere where you can make that choice. Not an atmosphere for you to thrive. You can't, you can't rig the game. But what you can do is make an atmosphere for people to thrive. And how do you really do that? You cut taxes, erase taxes, and turn the economy on. And you cut regulations. And you cut regulations. And you just let people do what they're... And some people are going to sit down and say, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to work for a corporation. Okay, Amazon can do that for you. And some people are going to say, I'm going to start this little hot dog stand. And I, you know, in a year, I'm going to own 28 hot dog stands. And, you know, like... There's this Indian guy that drives around Newport Beach in a in an orange Lamborghini, and I asked this chef that I know. I said, you know, because he catered one of his parties. I said, what? How do you get his money? He's like, he owns like 28 KFC franchises in in uh, San Diego. And after seeing the Cambodian movie, um, of the, it's not a Cambodian movie. It kind of is, but it's a movie, and I encourage everybody to watch it. It's called Donut King. And it's about a Cambodian guy who came and basically learned how to make donuts at Winchell's and then, like, just started, you know, figured out this formula for starting donut short stores. 
And he basically dominated all of Southern California, and he was making money. It's a great movie. You really should watch it. Mm-hmm. But that's that's generally how that works. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also don't get it because I find, like, generally African Americans to be, like, kind of, like, strong people and, like, it, like individualistic kind of people. So I don't get why they want you know the joe biden type of thing that like you don't if you don't do this then you're not black like telling them what to do like you have to be this cookie cutter person like i don't get why they don't resist uh, well as much as we all don't like genetics when it doesn't serve our purposes and things like that what you get out of african culture and and um i think his name is michael paris talked about this um in an article that he wrote years ago about african politics and it's a culture ru- ruled by the witch doctor, witch doctor, Nike, and the machete. Hmm. And it's sort of a big man politics game, like very tribal leader. And everybody finds their sense of self within the group and within the family structure. And you can't fault that. You can't tell people that's wrong. I mean, that's just, that's how they perceive to live life. And that's, that's kind of what they do. Every culture has just a way that, you know, that they approach life. Even even if you even if you're not part of that culture, it's hard to it's hard to erase that from your mindset. I can say that's wrong because sure. it's a few people that I welcome that, criticism that oppress all the other people. Yeah. So oh, I can say. Oh no, I'm I'm not saying it's a good system. Yeah. I'm I'm not I, I I'm I'm the first one to stand up and say not everything is right. Yeah. I'm just saying their culture reacts more towards sort of a group mentality. Hmm. As opposed to you know like Caucasian white culture is much more individualistic. So, you know, we, we have a tendency to make up our own minds and do our own things. They have a heavy peer pressure aspect. Hmm. And, and they also, like, when someone is successful in their culture, and sort of what, what, what Michael Paris called the big man politics, they have a tendency to just surrender and let that person lead. Hmm. You know, it's kind of like the, what's going on in Australia. We were listening to somebody who was from Australia, and she was saying, well, here's the thing is, like, Australians really don't care about politics and they just defer to the government and do whatever the government says. And and now that's bitten them in the ass. Yeah. Now the government is running amok. So it's not a good system, but you just have to understand that about cultures and people and kind of what they do. But I think that there is a revolt where you have a lot of individualistic African-American people standing up and they're saying, hey, it, it's time to get away from this. It's time for you to not even vote on party lines, but just to vote for the issues that you want. But don't just have some old mummy stand up and say, you have to vote for me because I have a D there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the great Rob Schneider from Saturday Night Live said, Democrats would vote for a pile of dog shit if it had a D next to it. True that. And you you were um, you mentioned Al Sharpton a bit ago. Speaking of the phrase that you just said which I will not say. Um, but you told me something interesting about him earlier this week. Can we, can we, no, we can't say it. Okay. Yeah. I better, I better okay. not say that one. <laughs> okay. That was, All right uh, then. <laughs> that was, uh, that was someone once who drove limos, uh, had a relative that drove limos told me, uh, about, um, driving Michael Jackson and Al Sharpton around and some of the things that they got up to. And we'll just leave it at that because you can we'll probably just, use your imagination. You can put it together <laughs> from, from there. <laughs> Maybe um, if we do an insider podcast, then I'll just say it, but you could probably figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I think we made the riddle pretty easy. Um, 
yeah, so you um, you were talking to me earlier today about canceling Christmas. Well, it was just something that I was thinking about because this supply chain thing, whatever it is, it, it it's clearly manufactured. Um, there are people saying, you know, from the ports and someone just flew, showed some drone footage and just showed like all this product just stacked up. Mm-hmm. And then that. you see like people saying, well, the problem is the trucks. Well, okay. Is that being driven by the vaccine mandates? Is it being driven by... Um, that that people are holding chassis and not allowing you like it's clearly not the problem that they're trying to make like the initial problem they're trying to say is covid's really ruined everything guys but we've heard that for two years we've heard the covid's ruined everything covid is the excuse for us to have power covid is the excuse for you to stay inside covid is the excuse for you to surrender your vote which effectively we did covid is and so now it's wearing thin so the primo excuse that they're still going to try to say is like, you know, COVID caused the shipping crisis. Like, no, we can clearly see that, that Joe Biden is, you know, as he said, I'm a commander in chief. You know, now you have the sweet summer child idiot Pete Buttigieg uh, and his husband, Chasen. Chasen? Chasen. Oh, my goodness. Um, who just adopted two children. Boy and a girl. And they took maternity leave. Or- now... Oh, not paternity leave? Uh, no, they called it maternity <laughs> leave. Um, but but good good catch, Medusae. Um, now you you knew this was coming because when they 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 did their publicity stunt for getting the kids, the, the props we should call them, um, they they posed in a in a hospital bed. And now and I've pointed out they're looking at each other. They're not looking at the kids they've adopted. Right. And they both have these two evil, malicious, pervert, shit-eating grins on their face. Um, so you know they're deviants. Um, so Buttigieg apparently has been on maternity leave for two months and hasn't told anybody and is collecting like a $20,000 check every month so in the middle of this supply chain. Now, what is Buttigieg? He is the Department of Transportation Secretary. He is the Secretary of Transportation for the United States of America. He is responsible for the shipping and the highways and all these kinds of things. And he's off playing sim parent mm-hmm. for maternity leave. No one delivered a baby. I know. Neither of you. And we know you have about 15 Mexican maids. Mm-hmm. You know, So we know neither of you deviant, pervert, stupid, summer child, idiot fools... I don't think I'm supposed to call people fools, but man, those two just, I love, oh, I would love to play a game of tag football with those two. <laughs> or how about tackle football? Oh no. You oh no. I'd down. seduce them onto the field with tag. Okay. We're just going to play tag guys. You just tag them real hard. Oh, <laughs> Push them down. The tagging would be so hard. <laughs> there, there would, they would be ground into the mud. <laughs> I would, I would unleash my inner angry cop on them. <laughs> That's what I would do. That's funny. You should watch Angry Cops, his videos. They're great. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that yeah. guy's funny. <laughs> Shout out to Angry Cops. Yeah. So um, so you can tell that it's manufactured because the guy who's supposed to be kind of be in charge of it isn't. Joe Biden goes up there and he says he's just black commander in chief. He has Ugh. no clue. He's a moron. Yeah. Um, Kamala, moron, you know. Uh, no one's doing anything. No one's doing anything. And, and it's, again, it goes back to COVID. It's almost like you're doing all the things that would cause more COVID, that yes. would hurt more people. Yes. 
And and anytime somebody says, hey, I did some research because I'm an honest researcher and I found out that this pill can be repurposed and it actually helps people. It's like, end that dude. You know, have the Roman centurions run him through with a spear. You are a hateful bigot. End his career. End Joe Rogan. You know, like all these kinds of things. So it's the same thing with the supply chain. So. Then they come out and say, like, and, and Kamala came out in her, like, Billie Holiday voice, mm-hmm. which they've, I, I think part of her, like, uh, absence is they've been working, like, when they did the fake actor kids video, NASA video, like, she was trying to be, like, a normal human being. Mm-hmm. But when Kamala's left her own device, she has this Billie Holiday voice. Right. Now, come on, y'all, you know that racism is real bad. And I suffered from racism. And when I was a little girl, I was in a protest and I got lost protesting. And my mom came and, what do you want, baby girl? And I was like, freedom. That is an actual story. That is an actual story that she tells. But that is an actual story that she stole. Remember? Yes, yes. I forget That's she right. Stole she from. stole that story from, from someone famous. From yeah, from someone famous. Was yeah, it, you, uh, we'll go back and look it up. Yeah. But she's the biggest liar in the world. So no one, you know, like it, it clearly is manufactured. Then Kamala comes out and says, you know, you, you all need to buy Christmas presents because there's going to be no Christmas presents, and there is does seem to be this messaging coming out of the White House that's saying you better shop now. There's going to be bad things. Here's some pictures of, oh, you better, the supply chain's in trouble. Like, it's weird. Now they've begun to not let the crisis go unwasted, according to Rahm Emanuel via Saul Alinsky. Or you could kind of reverse that. It's probably the other way around. Mm -hmm. They've decided to embrace the crisis and I think attempt to create fear and panic at the same time pump up the economy numbers. So that in January they can say, "Oh look, look, look what good we did during this crisis." Well, I think we're all of a mind of let's go branded, right? That's oh, kind yeah. of the theme right now, right? For sure. So here's my bold plan, everybody. Let's cancel Christmas. I mean, really, honestly, let's cancel Christmas. Let's not buy anything. Let's 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 just have a day with our family. Let's make some cookies. You can make sugar cookies. You could go to, like, Costco, and they have, like, the big super packet of sugar cookie mix. And, like, maybe for this one year, because we're all trying to stick it to Brandon, maybe we should all cancel Christmas and not buy any commercial goods, not fall for the sales, not do anything. Maybe we should stick it to them and hurt them. That would be awesome. That would hurt them. And and let them eat the numbers and let... Jeff Bezos and Amazon eat the numbers and all like, hey, you have boiled us. You have stuck us in fear. You have inflated our money. You have called us domestic terrorists. You have done all these things. Um, Let's let's not buy anything. Let's just cancel Christmas. Have a great day with the fam. Watch some movies. Go out, play some football, make some sugar cookies. Just do things that don't don't give them any money. If you're Christian, celebrate Jesus' birth, you know. Yeah. and, And if you're not, if you're an atheist, like. Sit down with your kids on that day and just, like, download onto them just sincerely why you just prefer not to have any religion in your life and everything like that. And just maybe, you know, uh, maybe that's a really great opportunity for you to share your values with your kid. And and maybe even, like, throw a solid to the religious people and tell your kid, like, you know, most of the people who believe in religion actually think they're trying to help. And they come from it from a sincere angle. But, you know, you could have your ideas about whatever. But, like... Whatever religious persuasion you are or whatever, like maybe just sit this one out 
Because whenever we shop or do anything, we just reward them and reward Jeff Bezos to basically go ahead and plunder us more and do this blockchain security and tell us we can't shop or work unless we have vaccines and all this kind of stuff. So get a little dry. Water break. Water break for Nick. (laughs) Yeah, I like this plan. So like just sit this one out. I would think I, I think that's a good plan. Maybe somebody could come up with something really catchy, but I think like let's cancel Christmas. Let us cancel Christmas and just make a point of like, you know, like I I always call Christmas me mass because mm-hmm. of all the buying and the perfect, you know, or shop mess or whatever. Like, like in some way we should let them know we're not your puppets. We're not interested in your little gnostic plan of how you quote unquote elites, which really you know what elite means? It means stuck up snob. In which you stuck-up snobs are deciding what we can and can't have, and you're not telling us your plan, and we're pretty sure your plan's pretty sinister. Mm-hmm. We're not giving you any of our money. We're holding our money. Or, you know what? Here's another way you could, if you do want to spend money, just thought of it. Here's another thing you could do. Buy Bitcoin for your family. Mm-hmm. Really stick it to everybody. Just stick it to everybody, and then everything will be on sale. Because they will have so bottomed out. If we wait them out till January, we can have all the stuff we want at cheap. I always go shopping on my birthday, which is later in December, and everything's on sale that week. Yeah. And I just I just load up. It's like you don't even have to look for the what's on sale. It's like when we've done that, it's literally like where when we go in a store, like everything's on sale. Like literally, yeah. like the whole store is whatever percent off, and you're like, wow. Yeah. And I know, like you always want everybody to do something and then jump in like we're all going to cancel Netflix because Dave Chappelle great I think even if we just do it in our hearts and I think I think I'm going to commit to you and I are going to do this we're going to cancel Christmas we're not buying anything for Christmas if you know like unless you're like oh no 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 you know but like I'm canceling Christmas I don't know what anybody else is going to do but I believe in my own little way I can stick it to the man and hurt them a little and then maybe that'll spread and maybe a few of us will do it and maybe enough of us will do it that we can collapse their power base, which is dependent on our taxes. And when they're not taxing us, they're literally saying like right now, like, oh, there needs to be more infl- both both Bloomberg and Washington Post, um, which are both owned by multi-billionaires, are telling us that we need higher inflation. Great. Higher inflation works for billionaires, but higher inflation is totally damaging to the rest of us. Yeah. It's it's just another tax. So it's time for us to stick it to them. Maybe if maybe if it just starts here, and we're just like, hey, we're canceling Christmas, and you know, the, then you'll get you know the the rhino movement, and they'll come out like, but I love Jesus so much, and obviously this is evil. Okay. You know, but like maybe canceling Christmas is something that will um, everybody can get behind. And then we can talk about like, hey, I'm getting back to the true meaning of what Christmas is. And for the religious people, you can talk about that. Uh, Or, you know, for the for the people who have a different belief system, it's a great opportunity to talk about that. But really what we're talking about is it's time to stick it to the corporations and government and and start playing defense. And I and I think every year someone comes up with a hey, let's cancel Christmas plan. This is your year to do it because they really need Christmas. They really are trying to drive it. Like, like if we bought them out their Christmas and I, and I, here's the, okay. So they're going to boil us till next June. 
because now you're starting to see these the supply chain distributions will um, hurt until next June. You know, like we're all being told like it's really going to suck until next June. Why is that? Hmm. Why is that? Well, they need the summer to repair their image for the vote next mm, November. Yes. So about Juneteenth, let's call it, some cop is going to shoot a bunch of black people or some white supremacist is going to blow up a black church. That's how that works. And and then that's, you know, it's all. And then it'll be the, it'll be another summer of they putting us in chains, y'all. You know, that's that's Joe Biden will be saying that. You know, that's the kind of crap they say. So then it'll be another summer of riots in which the Democrats will be able to say, like, look how great we are. We're not racist. And like everybody like, yeah, but you've destroyed our economy. You've imprisoned us, taken away our rights, you know, but like consider not shopping for Christmas because it's just another rock that we can throw at them. Is it, you know, a photon torpedo into the exhaust duct at the Death Star? No, but you never can tell. But it's just maybe it's just a rock in the windshield. Maybe it's just a milkshake against the back window as Reese Witherspoon drives away. Shout out if you know that movie. Um, It's just your chance to strike back. And I feel like you probably don't know it, but you want that. You want to throw a rock through the windshield. You want to hurt them. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving you an opportunity. Don't buy anything for Christmas. Save your money. Buy Bitcoin. But don't give them any money. Or like, you know, buy stuff from companies that you know are like freedom companies. Like, I don't know, MyPillow or, you know, things like that. Or local businesses that you know are legit. Or buy guns. Yeah, exactly. You know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So um, you were also talking about the, you called it (laughs) CIA silly putty. Yeah. So there was an article that came out where it turns out that the CIA um, left some some uh, spicy silly putty, which is basically plastique, under a um, the hood of a school bus in Loudoun County, Virginia. And and now the, the issue is being obscured. People are saying, oh, well, that's an article from a long time ago, and so it doesn't have any bearing. Okay, well, wasn't 2016 the year of Hillary's ascension? And, and, and didn't the CIA and the FBI start, like, the narrative that we were all, I mean, I, I can remember all of us being called racist since 2016, yeah. really before that. So that doesn't bear any merit. But like, again, why is the CAA, CIA sticking um, plastique under school buses? So then we're told um, in, you know, like, oh, uh, this was an incident for bomb sniffing dogs. And I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong. The CIA is not big on bomb sniffing dogs. That's not what the CIA does. What is that? More police? That's more police, Homeland Department of Homeland Security. That's defense. That really is the FBI. The CIA is an intelligence gathering asset, generally foreign. It's supposed to really be foreign. Really, yeah, it should true. be outlawed from being domestic. Yeah. Um, so w- why are they doing that? So like again, like go on to you know go on to Google or go on to Facebook, and you'll get all these bullshit people immediately doing like as fast as and breathlessly breathlessly as they can doing all this apology work. But it's still like, well, let's just back it up. Beep, beep, beep. Um, why why are they doing this? You know, why are they staying? And, and so the bus drove around with kids all week long. And, oh, it was, don't worry, it was at inert. 
Oh, how do we know it was inert? Well, we investigated ourselves, and mm-hmm. we found out that it was totally inert. We found out that we're innocent, because when we investigated So, the bomb-sniffing dogs, you claim, they, you're training them to, to detect inert, fake plastique. Not the real stuff with the explosive molecules that the dogs are... So you're basically training them to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, yeah. Like, that makes no sense. Again, none of this story passes the smell test, as my friend Michael Bunker said. Um, it's all bullshit. And I'm going to tell you a story. So I'll gather around the old Cracker Barrel. <laughs> but uh, it's about the government lying. And the, the, the lengths that the government will lie. And so, if the CIA did this in 2016, why are we only finding out now? Is this a, is this a threat? Are they letting us know that they are going to um, give us an insurrection and we better get around to it so that they can do martial law? You know, like, what is the purpose of this story and why, you know, why, why make sure it makes the rounds now? Did it really happen in 2016? Is that misinformation? I mean, everything's so much bullshit, you don't know. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is we were told the story that, that C4 was put under the hood of a children's school bus and children drove around and it was all because they were trying to protect us. They put plastic explosives in your children's school buses so that they could protect you. Okay, that's bullshit. So when I was in the army, I was in a particular unit and... Every army unit has like a history of great and wonderful deeds that that people of the past unit did and everything like that. And in this one unit, we were, we had, and this was well before my time, we had a general um, that was killed in Vietnam, and he was one of the only five generals killed in Vietnam. And he was a combat death. And you know, during the celebration of the regiment. You know, we would get together and we would we would celebrate that moment. Like, is one of the, you know, this is where you, this is who you guys are and all this kind of stuff. And so we were told that this general was attempting to stabilize a firefight in uh, in Vietnam, and he saw that his men were in trouble, and so he ordered his helicopter to come in and help, and 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 the, the NVA killed him. And so, oh man, that's a great story. Man, that guy's a hero. You should want to be a hero too, all these kinds of things. So years and years later, I'm working out at the gym and I had like a patch on my rucksack because I don't want a gym bag because I'm not that guy. Mm -hmm. And this guy um, who's a wealthy Newport Beach construction kind of business guy and into cars, he's really cool. His name's Al. He goes, "Uh, were you in that unit? And I go, yeah, I was in that unit, you know, back in the back in the Cold War. And, and he goes, oh, he goes, I was in that unit in Vietnam. Hmm. And I go, oh, wow. And so we struck up a friendship and we would get together and talk and everything like that. And I said, I said, were you there when that, that general got killed by the NVA? And he goes, I was right there. I was right there. Like, and I said, well, that was, I always thought that was a really crazy story. Like, you know, like, like the bravery and everything like that. And he goes, that's not what happened. Really? No. And if you look this story up on Google... 199th Infantry Regiment Brigade Red Catchers. You can look it up. Combat Jet General Death. You will see the story as manufactured by the government, telling you what the official version is. I run into a guy, and and he has shown me pictures hmm. of. Uh, I think he had pictures of it, 
Um, he didn't show me those, but he's shown me pictures of the unit in Vietnam, in the bush. He's very proud of it, all that kind of stuff. So he said what happened was they got into a fight with an NVA regiment. And they had about three days of fighting. And like he said, like the first and second day were pretty heavy. And then the third day, it kind of tapered off. And we were just like sweeping the battlefield and killing everybody. And the general, and he said the gunners on the general's helicopter wanted to pose with some bodies, which is what guys did back then. They liked to take out their Kodiak, Kodak and you know, pose. And so the general landed and we gave him a tour of the battlefield. And we warned him. We're like, you should be careful. We're not sure all these guys are dead. Mm. And so they're walking out across this field with all these dead NVA, and one of them pops up and takes a Makarov and blows his head off. Whoa. Shoots him in the head right there. Wow. And and so that's the real story. Wow. Now, I was in the military. I sat, you know, like in ceremonies, and you can look it up, and, and, and it is a manufactured story. It is a total lie by the U.S. government. I believe Al. Al has no yeah. skin in the game. Al doesn't care. Al loves the military. He just, you know, he it was all bullshit. And so now when they come out and they try to tell you, oh, the CIA was doing this thing for your betterment, and then they investigated themselves and nothing was bad, and it was really just to get these terrorists in Loudoun County who think that their kids should just be brainwashed by the school system and all these kinds of things, you, whatever is coming out of the government's lips is a lie. Yeah. And I, and I hate that. That shouldn't be the case. No. And I never wanted to think like that or believe that way. But our government has a truth problem. Our government, everything is a secret now. Everything is a lie. Everything is Pete Buttigieg. It's all manipulated and manufactured and a lie. And you, that is not a government. That is a cabal. That is a mafia organization. That is, that is something sinister and evil and wicked. A government should say, here's the facts, warts and all. It's like, I'll go back to the Bible sometimes to talk about the Bible. And people say, ah, oh, there's rape and murder and all these terrible things in the Bible. And the people that you guys worship, spoiler, we don't worship anybody in the Bible except Jesus and God. Um, you know, they're all horrible people because they were, yeah. That's how you know the Bible, Bible's true, because it didn't whitewash anything. Mm-hmm. It put the human condition in there, whether you like it or not. Warts and all. And really, honestly, the government that comes after this one, and this one cannot sustain. We are literally being looted, not by the elites, but by the snobs. We are being looted by criminal snobs. And they know it's bad, because they're on a looting sort of what was the term they used on red orange pill podcast today? But like sort of a looting free for all as they sense that the jig is almost up, mm-hmm. that you can't print this much, much money and not get caught. So they're just looting like no tomorrow, the government that comes and it can come violently or it can come peacefully needs to be a biblical government. And do I mean y'all got to worship Jesus? No, I mean, you got to do it warts and all when you, right. when you get a win, you get a win. But we're at this point where you have Jen Saki, the commie, the Saki bomb, when they say, hey, what do you think about all this inflation? And she says, oh, that's a good thing. Like, they, everything is a good thing. Everything is a win. Mm-hmm. And that was the Obama presidency. Everything that he did was magical, except when you look at it, he was a disaster. He was a disaster. He spent $10 trillion. He drone-striked American citizens. 
he lied and lied and lied and then turned around and said oh it's great to have a scandal free presidency he's <laughs> the biggest liar in the world yeah. so if we do anything and I tell that story to say I, I wasn't always of that persuasion I was of a person who thought the American government was a fine thing and there were fine people and I would have told you the FBI were great guys and you know that sometimes the stakes have to be cut a certain way and you may not like it but that's the way that it is I think we've exceeded that I think we need a big sort of truthy um, come to Jesus moment in which we stop lying and we kind of own it. Now, you're going to have that when the economy collapses. There will be no, um, oh, starvation is awesome. Yeah. Oh, rampant disease is great. Yes, that's better. Well, in their weird genocidal way, yeah, maybe they're telling you what they think is great. More suffering for you, more power for them. More death for you, more resources for them. So maybe maybe they are telling the truth, whether they like it or not. But in all of our lives, we are required to live by the truth, whether we like it or not. The one truth that we all have to live by is the truth of your bank account. You can't spend what you don't have or your credit limit or whatever it is. But it's amazing the people that rule over us, look down on us, spit on us, use us, steal, to, steal from us, and want the luxury of brainwashing our children don't have to live by any of these constraints. And so I tell that story from Vietnam as told to me by someone that was there, that they've been lying for a long time. And if you've ever met a pro liar, let's call it, in your life, they can't stop lying. And it's the weirdest thing that even when there's no consequences, rather than telling the truth, they'll tell the lie because the lie is power for them. And they love the lie, and it's all that they can do. And that's the podcast. See you on Monday.